Have you always wanted to start your own business? Do you have an innovative idea or an invention, but just don't know how to turn it into a company? Are you already in business and need some help growing? The BRF's Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program can help. At EAP, we work alongside you, helping you with things like financial modeling, funding strategy, pitch preparation, and marketing strategy. So what are you waiting for? Go to EAPLA.com today and set up a time to talk with our team. Let EAP help you launch or grow your business in North Louisiana today. Welcome back to On the Cusp. Matt Snyder, my co-host, is back with me. And with us today is Megan Chavez. And we have known you since you first started in, in the, the prepped up meals, okay? Well, baby business, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You came in with the idea on that. Tell us, what is prepped up meals? So we are a um, meal prep business, but at the same time, we're like a lifestyle health and wellness. Um, or, you know, just trying to make your life easier because we cook for you and do your dishes. And, you know, hey, we're saving dinner time, lunch time for the family. So oh, we take okay. care of all of it, yeah. yeah. So how does somebody use prepped up meals? this wonderful thing called an app, a website, uh -huh. technology. Um, so you just, you order online, we change our menu every week. Um, we have multiple menu items, so you're never bored or tired of the same, you know, rice and chicken and vegetables, you know? Um, so you stay on track and you order weekly. You can order monthly if you like. It's no subscription. It's really easy order as you go. Your macros are there if you're into that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, we have, um, we have clients that come from their doctors. Their doctors basically prescribe us to kind of take care of them. Yeah, so if they're awesome. coming out of surgery and they need to really watch what they're doing or if they're pre-diabetic or um, even like plastic surgeons in town, they're, you know, post-op and they're trying to, you know, have their best life and live mm -hmm. their best life and make sure that all this beauty procedure that they just went through they make yeah, it to the end, works. you know, they have yeah. to make sure that they're getting enough amount of protein. Um, they're taking care of themselves. They're getting an adequate amount of nutrition, uh, of nutrients um, to really heal properly. So that we've had um, multiple cancer patients, heart patients, um, you name it, we've taken care of it. So um, we're just kind of there to one, be the accountability partner, but also to make sure that whatever your long-term or short-term goals are, we can kind of Now, you, you had an interesting path to get to where you are today. You kind of dabbled in the restaurant piece for a little bit. Tell us about that journey. So, <laughs> we have enough time for that? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, initially, I had actually, I'd gone to school. This is wild. So, I had started college not knowing exactly what I wanted to do other than, like, one day we had this um, job fair at school my senior year, and I remember there's, there was this pharmacist who came by, and they made six figures, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I did that for six months in school, and I just realized, like, maybe school is just not for me, just not mm -hmm. it. It's, you know, and I don't, I don't even take Tylenol, so why would that be a good fit? And so... Um, then, you know, I moved to Texas and I was in San Antonio at the time and I was doing real estate down there working for um, uh, this big firm and it was great. But then I've cooked my whole life. Um, I was raised by my grandmother who cooked constantly and she cooked 
we lived in Sunset Acres, and so um, a lot of the kids in the neighborhood, their parents didn't cook for them. They were actually, 90% of the kids in the neighborhood lived with their grandparents. And so my grandparents were younger and they were very, um, very prevalent in my life, very active in my life. Anything that I was doing, they were there, like right next to me or taking me somewhere constantly. It wasn't like a neighborhood that I could really like, go out and ride my bike and hang out with my kid friends. Mm -hmm. We were going and doing or um, throwing me in like 4-H uh, or cooking classes. And so I started taking cooking classes at a young age and um, uh, I've always loved it, just never really thought that it would be something that would pay the bills, you know? Um, or back in the day, you didn't really see a lot of female chefs just kick right. and tail, you know, or owning it. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like a joke. Um, fast forward, uh, while I was down in San Antonio, there was the Culinary Institute that had come down there, I believe in 2011 or 2012. And I love art, anything art, anything um, creative. And so I fell in love with the, um, like the art area down there. Um, and that's where the culinary school was. And so the art district, excuse me. So you have the Alamo and you have all these things in San Antonio right. that everybody goes to. But whenever you live there, you try to like find like nooks and crannies to entertain yourself. Yeah. And so um, there was this restaurant called Feast that was down there that actually closed in 2020, 2021. And it was like something I'd never seen before. It was so beautiful and I'd never had tapas before and I get down there and I can barely afford to buy one plate of tapas, right? And I think I was like 22 and I fall in love with the ambiance and the scene and the music and the food, I hate Brussels sprouts and I ate Brussels sprouts and it like turned me on to this idea of it's something that I hate and somebody can change my mind and my heart and make me feel a certain way whenever I eat it. It's this feeling and it became addicting and I've always enjoyed doing that mm -hmm. um, in college and in like, you know, just early 20s, I would host dinner parties at my house there were nothing fancy but I was feeding all of my friends all of yeah. us were broke so like I can turn a meal that cost me ten dollars and I can feed 30 people you yeah. know and it's good stuff and so um and that was something that I was very very confident in that I am a great cook I can cook anything for the most part um at that time in my my head other than rice I couldn't cook rice Oh my god, rice is hard. Look, one of the cooking competitions in 4-H, I was in seventh grade and uh, I fudged on my rice and I've had this like weird, I can't do it. Mental block. You know, yes, this mental, mental block, block and I'm there. like, it's just the finger trick. Just do the freaking finger trick. Well, finally, like whenever I opened the restaurant, it was like, you got to get it. Like no more rice cookers, Megan. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, now it's, there's no complex. It's fine. I can cook <laughs> rice in my sleep. But um, uh, anyway, so that all happened. And, and one day we ended up moving back home and I was transferring my real estate license here. And I kind of already started a family. Um, you know, I had our son and um, I was actually kind of in the process of transferring everything over. It's not a reciprocal state, so I had to redo all of the real estate right. stuff. And I went to go take my real estate exam. I was getting ready to. And I'd been cooking healthy food out of my kitchen at my house for myself and my husband, and, you know, that was it. 
and I lost all my baby weight and I've always cooked really healthy and I always had this understanding of food and really what food does to your body um, and this wild awareness of how I feel, not emotionally, but how I feel just after I eat something, whether it's bread or pasta, how do I feel? Sugar, how do I feel? How do I feel whenever I drink a glass of water, which we're, you know, 90% mm -hmm. of the population's walking around like chronically dehydrated and we're just sitting here bebopping yeah. around until we drink enough water and we're like, wow, we feel great. Mm -hmm. Wow, our skin is great. Wow, we're not wrinkled anymore. Anyways, um, that started catching on. This is 2015. Yeah, it started catching on. And I, I made a post on social media, the craziest thing. And then folks were like knocking at my house door to like make them meals. I remember These, that. It was wild. But at the same time, though, you were going down this bodybuilding competition yeah. path. So that kind of nutrition, yeah. everything at the same time. Everything kind of hand in hand went together and it's wild how God works, you know? And so I was like on this path of like, man, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden there were these, these doors open and these opportunities to do something that I really and truly, I enjoy and I thoroughly, I love it. It's, it's cause it's, it's so chaotic. It's yeah. such chaos. And half the time after I get done, I'm like, why am I doing this? And then you can't wait to do it again. I think right. that's a message that's like really important to me. It's like you were talking yeah. about like you're going to school and you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're like, yeah. I think it's okay. It's it not it a is okay. Yeah. I, it I is. have the exact same story there. It is okay yeah. to say, this is not for me. <laughs> yes. And like, I'm going to go do what I'm passionate about and I'm good at right. and I'm going to go do it. And I think like that's a message that doesn't get. Pushed, down yeah. as much as it probably could could be so absolutely cool message. yeah and it's it's one of those things where like i watch i mean and i got i had student debt too right so yeah. i had student loans and all these things and i didn't go to culinary school i didn't i didn't mm -hmm. and you know it's one of those things where like man like i guess i'm not a professional because i didn't go that's horse crap and that's it a is. lie yeah, absolutely. that you're, you know you're lying to yourself right. if you if you ever feel Absolutely. that way okay yeah because it is what you make it and you've done right. that right here in Shreveport yeah. I, I see you in all the the culinary competitions uh, you know across yeah. the city and you have so like here there's not another place I mean you know I'm a little biased but like I, I can't believe I mean I it's hard to think that there would be another place where you have so many like similar businesses or restaurants or chefs or whomever in the same industry that's so willing to be like, hey, yeah. come come in my kitchen. Yeah. But hey. I think that's a yeah. unique aspect of our community yeah. that people Absolutely. from outside don't see it, okay? Yeah. And that is people here want you to succeed. Yes. Okay. And there, there are always going to be people that are going to focus on the negative. And there's a thousand negative things that you can focus on, on Shreveport, Bossier, North Louisiana. But some really good things. Too. But there are more good things. Yes. And I believe one of those is the people that want you to be successful. Absolutely. You know, what are you about to say? I was going to say the food industry, and I say this a lot on here, but the food industry is a shining example Speaking, for, for yes, Shreveport. Absolutely. When, when we talk on here a lot, almost always I go to, 
well, the restaurant scene is, is what we need to be trying to get everything else closer yes, to. Absolutely. Well, because the last 10 years have been game changing. Yeah. I mean, 15, yep. like, we're so much closer to other cities on our culinary scene than we are percent. on a lot of other things. So I hope we can start utilizing that as an example and start putting it into action in other oh, areas. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with y'all. What, what you're passionate about and you do, okay, you will make work if that is truly your passion. Yeah. And I think you're a perfect example of that. Yeah. You just found it yeah. and you ran with it. And now we just said you're opening a store on North Market. Yeah. We were talking about that. Different, it's it's grown beyond just one place, okay, and cooking it out of your house. Yeah. It's grown so much more to that. I, I hope people nationally are ordering you know, from their, their prepared meals from Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah, well, we did that. We did that for a little while. And it's all about trial and error. You're never going to know how far you can go or like where you should maybe take a step back and what's important and what's not. And where you want to scale yourself and you do it so quickly and you make these crazy errors and mistakes that you, you know, which I think is, I'm grateful for. But you learn more from your mistakes. Oh, than heck you were yeah, absolutely. I learned from my mistakes. I learned from a lot of other people's mistakes. And I think that's like key in any kind of entrepreneurship is where you have these mentors, you have folks, which I have, where I'll, you have to be, your cup cannot already be full because you cannot pour into a cup that is already full and somebody who knows everything. And I like to pretend sometimes that I'm not very bright whenever it comes to that. Like, tell me what you did and I'll just listen and I won't make that mistake that you did. Sometimes I am a little bit more hard-headed than others as well. Mm. And I do like to make well, mistakes. Well, I do but... believe that it's okay to go out there, make a mistake, learn from it, put pour that back into the business. Absolutely. Okay. And then go to the next level. Yeah. All right. So it. I want to bring this up because you just, this is impressive to me. You're in an industry that has been competitive in our market and it is like, a growing, you're introducing a new idea in a lot of ways to our, like, I get all that. And you have made this thing survive and grow through <laughs> COVID. Like, tell me, yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna get, we haven't talked about this before, but like your ability to pivot and shift and stay going I like always pride myself on that. Like, I think yeah. that's what makes like an entrepreneur a real, you know, you can own a business and be whatever, but an entrepreneur knows how to like pivot in situations. Man. Talk to me about that. Pre-COVID, we opened this restaurant and it was like the stream. I wanted to open a restaurant before I was 30 and you know, we did it. Yeah. We opened, uh -huh. I got my CEO at my, like my 29th birthday. I didn't even like realize it was my 29th birthday and we were getting our certificate of occupancy for this place. And um, it was a lot on my plate at once. And then we didn't, so we focused on the restaurant because in my mind it was like, okay, I am a chef now. I have to prove myself to this community because you do, right? Mentally you do. And um, prove myself that I'm not just this meal prep chick that's like cooking healthy food and metaphorically and physically cooking in a box, right? And so um, I get to be, creative and do whatever I want, cook with butter, you know, and work with the farmers that I wanted mm -hmm. to work with. So we strictly were just farm to table. We worked with our farmers and whatever they had, that's what we put on the table as yeah. our special. And um, with, with all of that, it was the biggest eye opener 
I've ever had because ultimately it was the most fulfilling and the most heartbreaking because I understood the food side and I am I pride myself on on understanding my numbers and the logistics and I overthink everything constantly because it's it's what's going to happen, what might happen, what probably would happen and then a plan C D E F G. Yeah, yeah. And so I like to plan like that. And with the restaurant um you also you can't just do it all and you have mm -hmm. to realize that yep, you got to have the people the around. chef typically the creative side my brain works on a creative level and i can do the finances and, and a couple of other things in the marketing as well on a smaller scale but the creative part that's where i thrive everything else it's just only because i have to do it um but the restaurant it was great the numbers were great the food was great our team was great but at the end of the day our margins in a restaurant especially without alcohol, it's so slim, you're yeah. just, you know, chomping at the bits. But our, re so Prepped Up was kind of like, it ended up being like the step kid, you know, mm -hmm. it was on the side because I was trying to prove myself at the restaurant. And we were still doing it, and it was actually what was like footing the bill. The bill, right, right. yes. And that's like, okay, we do this, we're gonna be good, we can make rent, we can pay our vendors, we could do you know, all the back and forth. And so um, COVID hit, and we were forced to shut down. And I remember, I was like, I have enough for rent for the next, for this month, and for maybe next month. And what are my employees gonna do? Yeah. What are we gonna do? Um, and then I had, it's gonna make me emotional, I'm gonna try not to, but we had our clients and our customers that came in every day, every single day because they wanted to see the restaurant survive. They loved it, they believed in it. Um, and then, so we had people that we didn't know and customers that came in all the time. Okay, well we wanna, we wanna buy food for the hospitals. So we go in there, we make food for the hospitals. Uh, we wanna buy this for this after school program or whatever it is. And then, or we wanna buy gift cards for when you open back up. So we had this like influx of just sales all of a sudden. And that's what kind of like was keeping us afloat. And then I remember I'd, I'd asked for um, like, hey, can we like hold off on this month for rent so I can open back up? And it was denied. And um, I was like, okay, I need to make a decision what we're gonna do. And so I cried and I cried and I prayed and I was like, oh my God, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. If this does not work out and then I paid the check and then I, I spoke to the guy who's over um, on the leases and I saw in his face that it broke his heart to take that check. Mm -hmm. And then after we paid that, they're like, okay, you get one month of COVID relief after you pay that. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe we could like work a little bit more and I can't take out of my personal. Like that was my, my number one thing, like, going into the business is that the business has to be self-sufficient. Yeah. It has yeah. to be. It's not fair to my family if I'm constantly taking from our personal, you right. know? And so um, I don't think I paid myself for like two years, maybe three. Yeah, probably close to three, um, trying to get everything off the ground. And um, 
but it was making money. Our employees were paying. Everybody was happy, you know. Um, but anyways, COVID hit. Fast forward, we decided to shut it down um, over some tears and a lot of wine. And we picked back up with Prepped Up. Yeah. And yep. I was so worried. Like, I had, we had kind of just kind of put it over to the side. Like, is anybody going to want it anymore? And, man, they ate it up. It was All like right. you took it away for a little while, and yeah. then here it's back, and everybody's Sometimes ordering. getting back to that bread yeah. and butter. I've yeah. done that so many times, getting off track yeah. on this bread. Yes. The other thing that you're saying that I've been thinking about, it took me a long time to realize how proud I am of yes. some things that didn't work. Yes. And, you know, you feel like I am a... You, you probably know me well uh, enough. I'm competitive as <laughs> hell. Yes, uh, and so, yeah. like, to say She's like, a it didn't too. work, okay. you know, like, I know yeah. how hard that was because I go through that. But, like, Shreveport Magazine, yeah. like, I look back and I can talk about it now with, like, this huge pride about yeah. what we did and how in the world did that ever work. We'd, you and know, you and it. that's the same thing. And it's cool when you get to that point you're yeah. at now to where 100%. you can look now, back. Now, Megan, you're, you, you know, you know Shreveport well. You know this community well. What what are we doing good in the community? What what are the things that are going right in this community? Because so, and the reason I ask that is a lot of people want to focus on the negative, and I've never heard you go negative once. And the whole time I've I've known you, which goes all the way back to 2014 when you came in with the first idea, I've never heard you go negative. What's going right in this community? Well, first of all, whenever you talk about never going negative, you never. One, once you start talking negatively, then it's, it ends up being the reality, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't like to particularly like to talk negative about anything because then that becomes the reality of your life. And Shreveport, she is, she's all right. But I there like are that. some really good things that Shreveport's doing right. And um, you look at like, like Prize Fest, for instance, there has not been this camaraderie between the chefs until food price just kind of just went nuts. And so now it's to a point where we all know each other. We all try to work together or um, like whenever it's time for something like I need, say for instance, I need this kind of mushroom. I type out into the group, I need this, somebody comes through. Hey, I need a dishwasher tonight, somebody pulls through, even if it's one of the chefs. Mm -hmm. Hey, I need this, they're, it's, they're gonna make it happen. And so, um, you know, my, my niece just did Golden Fork with me, um, and then she decided to go, instead of taking the route of the professional, you yeah. know, this or this right. or traditional college, she's going to culinary school. Oh, yeah. so, congratulations. Um, Thank you. So getting her, I, you know, we introduced her to a couple of the chefs in town and they're like, hey, come, come just come work in my kitchen. Come yeah. see how this is. Mm. Like everybody's just taking her under yeah, their I, wing. I do you agree. I mean, that. people in Shreveport, I mean, if, if you need somebody, you know, you, you talk to somebody in your network, you talk to Matt, you talk to me, we're going to know somebody. Yeah. Right. You're going to yeah. get what you need. The beauty of it is, is it's such a, it's a big, small town. It think is. Think about it. You know what everybody's doing. But there's a good and a bad side to that. And ultimately, if I need something, you make that phone call to whomever yeah. it is, and they're gonna come you through. know, yeah, everybody's gonna come through. And that's yeah. the cool thing about it, is there's, there's, there's 
always some sort of event going on and you walk into a room, you're going to know half the people that are in the room, right? Yeah. And I think that's really kind of neat. There's, you know, there's, there's, a, it's a double-edged sword. But it is. <laughs> it's it a is. Sword. It is a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, you they, get it. They, they think they know your business. Yeah. Okay. But, but really they don't. Hey, okay. Yeah. But it's there's a lot of good guys out there. There are a lot of good guys. There are a lot of good guys. And there are a lot, I, I can say this about this report and, and we all have done like, you cannot be on the same... Mario and I have not always been on the same side of a lot of different things. But if Mario needs something or I need something... Yeah. Yep. Like, we talk... And we've been doing that for 12 years or something. I yeah. mean, like, you know, that's a right. long-standing... And there's a lot of that that goes on. Right. In this Absolutely. Community. And there's a lot of it from people that are not... I'd rather... On the news saying, you know, yeah. it's a lot of good I'd rather do it here than when I was in Washington, D.C. Oh, I man, twice I can't as hard imagine. Get things yeah. done. Well, Megan, thank you for coming. No, of course. This has thank been you exciting. for having me. Thank you for this telling us fun. your story. Sure.